When the weather outside is frightful, the Hyundai Santa Fe is, hmm, what's the word? Delightful. Because it's got available H-Track all-wheel drive to make being out together better. Enter for your chance to win the newly redesigned Santa Fe, packed with all the jingle bells and whistles you need to go dashing through the snow together. To enter, visit Amazon.com slash Hyundai or scan the QR code on specially marked red and green Amazon boxes. No purchase necessary. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. And you're on right now with Jim Dawes, your daily journal of news, politics, and culture from an America First perspective. Coming to you on the Mojo 5.0 radio network and streaming anytime on demand on iTunes, TuneIn, Spreaker, and Spotify. You can follow me on Twitter at RightNowJimDawes or shoot me an email at RightNowJimDawes at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you, and you can leave me a voicemail that we'll use on a future broadcast at 772-245-0750. That number again, 772-245-0750. Well, he's back. You've probably been listening to a couple of best of shows since last Friday. I've been on the road graduating my youngest daughter from college. Hallelujah. And it's good to be back. There was a lot of heavy news while I was gone, and it was, uh, it was very frustrating not being able to talk with you about it. So we're going to talk about several things in this show. I'm going to start by this travesty that the Democrat House members in the Democrat and the Judiciary Intelligence and House Oversight Committee are performing with the United States uh, having many uh, very serious and critical issues to the future of the country, such as trade with China, uh, the uh, looming conflict in Iran, the efforts by China and Russia to gain a foothold in our hemisphere in Venezuela, the Democrats in the House of Representatives are determined to foment and forward uh, yet another hoax. Uh, Their Trump-Russia collusion hoax has come a cropper with the release of the Mueller report. And so what they're doing uh, is using the purposely salted Uh, um, edition of the report, the second volume on obstruction to try to further uh, damage this president and keep him from being reelected. So apparently we're in uh, just constant reelection cycles now. There's no time on behalf of the Democrats, at least, to govern and actually do their job. They're constantly trying to retake power, and the only time that they're willing to... um, even turn their attention to their far leftist agenda, which nobody in the American electorate wants, by the way, is if they hold the House, the Senate, and the presidency. And short of that, they're going to be in constant re-election mode. And their form of uh, electioneering now is to forward one hoax after another. And the latest hoax that they've put together 
is this obstruction of justice. And what they did last week in holding Attorney General Bill Barr in contempt for, you know, it's hard to even figure out what they held him in contempt for. He did everything that they asked. And the only thing that he uh, didn't do that they demanded, he was legally precluded by law that the Democrats passed, by the way, a law uh, forbidding the release of grand jury testimony. So we were treated to the spectacle last week of the Democrats on the House Judiciary Committee holding Bill Barr in contempt after 19 days after he released it, uh, released almost all of the bogus smear uh, document that was the Mueller report, largely authorized by uh, a radical leftist Democrat, Andrew Weissman. And this is all part of the Democrats' new strategy. When they retook the House, uh, it was reported that Nancy Pelosi herself said that their tactic going in was to release a subpoena cannon. And this so-called subpoena cannon is coming from no fewer than five committees in the House of Representatives uh, whose sole purpose is to so harass and bog down this administration with constant Uh, barrages of subpoenas for documents that they are not entitled to, have no use for, and are only uh, designed to harass the new administration and keep it from doing its job. And as I say, this comes at a time when there are national security issues and issues of our national prosperity and resurgence at stake. The Trump administration, for its part, has done an admirable job of continuing to carry on business, but you can only imagine on how much better it could be if it weren't for these constant harassing subpoenas. Our cabinet-level officials could turn their uh, attention to actually carrying on the business of the American people. I've got a clip for you here. This is that, uh, uh, that loathsome creature, Trevor Noah, on his Comedy Central show laughing about how the Democrats have unleashed this subpoena uh, cannon and how much damage it's doing to the Trump administration's ability to carry on the nation's business. Democrats have flipped control of the House. Actually, there's uh, several clips in here. The first is from Brian Williams on ABC News or NBC News, the discredited and shamed fake news purveyor Brian Williams. Here we go. Democrats have flipped control of the House, and thus, Washington is bracing for an onslaught of investigations. Democrats are loading what they are calling a subpoena cannon with more than 85 Trump targets. Come January, we get subpoena power. We can subpoena relevant documents, subpoena witnesses, and it's really too late for Donald Trump to put the horse back in the barn. Wow, subpoena cannon. Poor Trump. For the next two years, he's going to be in subpoena hell. 
going to be subpoenas popping out of him from everywhere. going to be opening up his KFC bucket. Drumstick, nope, subpoena. <laughs> Reaching for a towel in the bathroom. Ah, subpoena, damn you. Every night he's going to wake up in a cold sweat like, ah, subpoena. Melania, I had the scariest dream. I thought, oh, it's a subpoena. So this is, for the Democrats, this is the stuff of comedy and politics. And as I say, this is their new hoax. Uh, they they failed at all their other hoaxes. They're continuing to perpetrate um, hoaxes on the American public, like uh, the Green New Deal and climate change, and uh, the fact that the uh, the evil Republicans are all racist, and Donald Trump is a a closet Klansman, despite every reality to the contrary. But that is the Democrat Party of today. It's the party of lies and hoaxes. And the latest hoax they're going to carry on is we're in a constitutional crisis. Oh, my God. The Trump administration's not rolling over and surrendering, so it's a constitutional crisis. Here's what Tammy Bruce had to say on it when she appeared on uh, Stuart Varney's program on Fox Biz. And of course, we know all of this is politics. It's a game. It's about to get a maneuvering dynamic here in this case. There's a big difference, though, between what was happening at the time with Eric Holder. Uh, He was refusing to hand over thousands of documents regarding Fast and Furious, which was the gun running uh, expedition they were doing. Uh, And so that was involving Congress not seeing anything that they needed to see about an emerging problem. Here, we know that the Congress, Nadler and everyone in Congress, uh, has access to to the uh, uh, section of the report regarding obstruction uh, with the exception of two full lines and seven partially redacted lines out of hundreds of pages. So they have the material. Uh, it's not something they, they don't have. Uh, that's, so, that, that's now a constitutional crisis. Yes, that, that is what As they John say. Adler is Adler a, said, a constitutional exactly. crisis. Right, and the constitutional crisis now is the new uh, Trump is a Putin stooge. So that's the new replacement line of hysteria that's emerging here. Of course, it's, it's, it doesn't serve the American people. It doesn't move along any of our, of our issues or any of our policies. But it's, it's the campaign. It's the Democratic campaign now. And uh, I don't think the American people wanted that in particular when they, when they gave uh, the House uh, to uh, the Democrats in 2018. This just won't fly. Look, yeah. while, while you're sitting there, look over there. You see that bank of monitor screens that we've oh, yeah. got? Okay. Yeah. That's MSNBC on the top. It okay, is. they're in a commercial right now. But when they come out of the commercial, <laughs> they'll be bashing Mr. Barr and they'll be trying Trumpeting to high heaven, constitutional crisis. Yes. So when you when you look at the news, whether you're online, you see certain headlines. It's almost a template. It's the new messaging. They can't say collusion. They can't say that he's a Russian spy, the president. So now it's about there's a constitutional crisis. Americans are tired of being misled. It, look, there could be a constitu- con- constitutional crisis. That's a serious thing. But once again, it's about dragging people along into something that is not true, almost like another hoax. Uh, and this is the American people know the future's at stake. We've got families to raise. Uh, we, your program here is about money in the future. Uh, and this is what the American people care about. They're tired of the reality television of, you know, the real Congress people of Washington, D.C. I mean, this is not what uh, what we wanted. Well, it's not almost another hoax. It is another hoax. It's a full-fledged, well-coordinated campaign of lies and deceit that have come out of the Democrat Party war rooms trying to get ready for the 2020 presidential election. They don't have time to govern, 
and actually try to work with the administration. There are several areas that the administration have offered cooperation with the Democrats on infrastructure, on reforming China trade, and other things. The Democrats are just far, far too busy with their latest hoax. They must, they must think themselves hilarious. If you watched this hearing that the House Judiciary Committee conducted, where they were holding Bill Barr in contempt after 19 days for not releasing just the very few lines in the Mueller report that he was legally prohibited from releasing, you could tell that they knew that they were engaging in, an, in yet another hoax, that, that this wasn't serious business. These are not serious people. These are not the type of people that should be in Washington uh, um, um, performing the American people's business. And I just have to ask you, you uh, voters in congressional districts that put Trump in office, that voted for Trump during the 2016 election, and then turned around and elected a Democrat congressman that allowed Nancy Pelosi to take back the speaker's gavel, are you happy with yourself? Do you think what you did was productive? Now you have basically frozen this government for at least the next two years while these Democrats, and I know what they, the Democrats did, is they picked hand-selected, uh, moderate, and in many cases, uh, military veteran candidates to try to fool you, and you were fooled, you were duped. Because when you handed the gavel back to Nancy Pelosi, what you did was you empowered the AOCs and the Ilhan Omars and the Rashid Talibs and the uh, Blumenthal's and the Cory Booker's and the um, Kamala Harris's. You made a huge mistake, and you ought to be rightly ashamed of it. You cannot any longer trust the Democrat. I don't care how moderate and reasonable the one that they put in front of you seems because the Democrat Party is not run by those reasonable, moderate Democrats that you're looking at. And especially in the House of Representatives, whoever holds the gavel holds the power because they don't bring up any legislation without her approval. They're not allowed to take any votes without her approval. And she is driven by the far-left cultural Marxists in the Democrat Party. This is the, the same Democrat Party that supported slavery, that supported Jim Crow, that supported segregation, that is currently engaged in more racially um, inflammatory language designed to uh, keep people separated and at each other's throats. And it's nonstop. And this uh, this vote to hold Bill Barr in contempt, contempt. They're going to hold Bill Barr in contempt. Never has there been assembled a bigger group of contemptible characters than these lunatics that you saw on the House Judiciary Committee taking this vote to hold Barr in contempt. And Jim Jordan pointed out what this is really all about. This is about sullying up Bill Barr and destroying his reputation because he has 
stated unequivocally that he has uh, every intention in getting to the bottom of the so-called crossfire hurricane investigation. And he's made it quite clear that he's not going to limit the scope of his investigation to the Department of Justice and the FBI. And that's probably keeping John Brennan up at night because as I've been saying for the last two and a half years, this whole Russiagate hoax was started by John Brennan coordinating with foreign intelligence agencies in the service of the Obama White House and the, and the Hillary Clinton presidential campaign. It goes all the way back to 2015. Several pundits who are actually, I'd have to admit, more knowledgeable than me on this topic are finally coming to the realization of what I've been telling you for the last two years and that that is that this, the origins of this smear campaign, this opposition research operation conducted out of, out of uh, Clinton's campaign and the Democrat National Committee, which were, by the way, one and the same at that point, began with John Brennan. It, uh, the earliest um, episodes that I am aware of and that I'm absolutely certain were part of Brennan's campaign or when they sent Felix Sater to dangle the prospect of a Trump Tower before Michael Cohen, if only Michael Cohen could get Donald Trump to reach out to Vladimir Putin. If he had done that, if Trump had taken the bait, they would have, uh, they would have really uh, had something to sink their teeth into. And the, the really frustrating part about all of that is that the CIA can always hide behind so-called sources and methods. We've got to hide our sources and methods. We can't uh, put uh, Sater's name out there as actually having been, been an operative for the CIA during the 2016 campaign. That's how they've redacted all of this information. They, they claim national security. You can't expose our operatives they call them confidential informants. They're not nothing of the sort. They're spies. A confidential ins- informant is somebody that's already inside an organization that is sharing information. What they did is they sent operatives from outside these organizations, Sater, Mifsud, Greenberg, Halper, the young lady that they're calling Azra Turk, who is undoubtedly a CIA operative, They sent them to infiltrate the campaign. And all of these notions that uh, we were just checking up on Russia, that's that's a canard. That is a a lie that they're telling you. If they were concerned about Russia interfering in Trump's campaign, they would have told Donald Trump to be aware of this. They were trying to set up Donald Trump. The meeting at Trump Tower where... Um, Valinet Skyoff was uh, baiting the Trump campaign, was part of this effort. Remember, she met with Fusion GPS both before and after the meeting, and we're supposed to believe that, oh, that was just a coincidence. Just a coincidence that the same company that contracted with Christopher Steele to produce this bogus dossier using, by the way, Russian disinformation, Just a coincidence that she worked for them. 
Jim Jordan was at this hearing where they were holding Barr in contempt, and he really nailed down what all of this is about and what is motivating the Democrats to act so foolishly. I would ask the chairman. My understanding is Mr. Mueller is going to be here next week. Why are we doing it? You're going to get to ask the guy who wrote the whole darn document. We're all going to get asked him questions. Why don't you hold off on this contempt until at least the guy who wrote the thing spent 22 months and $35 million with a whole bunch of Democrat lawyers putting it together. Why don't you wait and ask him next week before we do this contempt resolution? Gentlemen, is recognized. Bill Barr is following the law. And what's his reward? Democrats are going to hold him in contempt. I don't, think the, I don't think today is actually about getting information. I don't think it's about getting the unredacted Mueller report. I don't think last week's hearing was actually about having staff question the attorney general. I think it's, as my colleague said earlier, I think it's all about trying to destroy Bill Barr because Democrats are nervous. He's going to get to the bottom of everything. He's going to find out how and why this investigation started in the first place. Never forget what Bill Barr said a few weeks ago, three and a half weeks ago, when he testified in front of the Senate Finance Committee. Said a lot of important things, but he said three, excuse me, four very interesting things. First, he said there was a failure of leadership at the upper echelon, term he used, upper echelon of the FBI. We all know that's the case. Director Comey's been fired. Deputy Director McCabe fired, lied three times under oath, according to the inspector general. FBI counsel Jim Baker demoted and left currently under investigation by the Justice Department. Lisa Page demoted and left. Peter Strzok, deputy head of counterintelligence, demoted and fired. Peter Strzok, the guy who ran the Clinton investigation and the Russian investigation. There was certainly a failure of leadership at the upper echelon of the FBI. Second thing the Attorney General said three and a half weeks ago in front of the Senate Finance Committee. Spying did occur. Said it twice. Yes, spying did occur. Third, he said, there's a basis for my concern about the spying that took place. And maybe the most interesting thing, two terms he used that frankly I find frightening. He said there was, in his judgment, he thinks there may have been unauthorized surveillance and political surveillance. Scary terms. Well, there certainly was unauthorized surveillance. We know that at this point because the FISA warrants that were used to um, capture all of Carter Page's telephone calls, emails, text messages were based on a false opposition research document that Comey and Rosenstein and, and Loretta Lynch And all of them knew, Sally Yates, knew for a fact, was bogus. It was was not a, a basis for a FISA warrant. It was a pretext for a FISA warrant. And you know, you, you, you listen to the news coverage of this and, and they never explain to you the significance of this eavesdropping and spying authorization against Carter Page. They tell you, oh, Carter Page had left the campaign at that point. They don't tell you that this Carter Page FISA warrant was just an entree into their ability to spy on the entire Trump campaign. And that's based on two things. Never forget these two things. Tell your friends when you talk to them about it. One is the FISA warrant not only allows you to collect all of this uh, electronic data going forward, emails, texts, and phone calls, it also allows you to collect all of that information retroactively, and the government has all of that on not only Carter Page, but you as well. 
and me and everybody. They're capturing all of this internet traffic and, and cell phone traffic in real time, all of it, and storing it on giant computer servers. The latest one they built, and you can get aerial shots of this on Google, is in, uh, in suburban Salt Lake City, Utah. Huge, huge server farms. And once you get that warrant, you're allowed to go in there and mine all of that information. Actually, I think the federal intelligence agencies and law enforcement agencies are mining a lot of it without a warrant. Because as Bill Benny, who designed these, these systems, has said repeatedly, never has there been a whistleblower blow a whistle so loud and so long as William Benny. There is not adequate gatekeeping to allow them to control access to this information. You couple that with the two-hop rule that allowed Carter Page to be monitored and everybody that Carter Page talked to, and you've got a massive, pervasive violation of American civil liberties, and in this case, an ability to, or uh, an attempt to undermine a presidential election. we got to run out to a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about the China trade war, so-called, this attempt to finally, after decades of being taken for fools, bring uh, bring this reform, these disastrous trade deals. We're going to run out to a break for two commercials. We'll be right back. Stick with us right now with Jim Dawes. And you're back on Right Now with Jim Dawes, your daily journal of news, politics, and culture from an American nationalist perspective. Well, here we go again. The White House is about to unveil its latest immigration plan. It is not an improvement on what uh, Stephen Miller and the White House had settled on the last time we went through this. The word is that this plan is designed to unite the populist and establishment wings of the Republican Party in advance of the 2020 election. Really, from my reading of it, and I'll withhold final judgment until I hear from the president at his news conference coming up at 2.15 Eastern time today. But my reading on it, uh, just the initial reading, is that it is yet another sop to the cheap labor demands of the business community and this uh this plan was written by gerald kushner who has absolutely zero real world experience he was raised uh you know with a silver spoon in his mouth has never had to compete for a job and is only really concerned about uh giving big business and the other cheap labor lobbies on wall street everything they want while at the same time giving a fig leaf that uh, they're reforming immigration. So this plan, it will not reduce absolute numbers. Every year we import 1.1 million legal immigrants into the country. For every four college graduates that enter the workforce every year, we import 
one immigrant to compete with them and drive down their wages. And all of this is uh, because business in America doesn't want to pay market wages. And, and that is the case because they bought into this global economy where they have to compete with um, cheap labor from overseas. If we had an America first trade policy, then American business would be allowed to compete within our borders has worked for hundreds of years that were the basis of the uh, uh, economic miracle that is the United States. We practiced economic nationalism since Alexander Hamilton. It's what allowed us to displace the United Kingdom as the, the preeminent economic power in the world. And ever since we were talked into going down this free trade globalist regime beginning with NAFTA back in the 1990s. The United States has been hemorrhaging prosperity, wealth, and jobs. But they're not going to let that stop them. They like it. They like being able to send their jobs overseas, our jobs overseas and at the same time import huge populations of immigrants to compete against American workers. And this plan by Kushner starts off by uh, saying that uh, they're going to introduce a point value to award visa applicants based on their skills, their education, their vocational abilities, their ability to speak English. All these are good things. These are the types of policies that um, Australia, New Zealand, and Canada practice. It's very difficult to immigrate to those countries. But what the practical effect, and at the same time, it will uh, uh, reduce immigration of low-skilled workers, but at the same time, the effect that that will have is to make the United States the landing pad of all the highly educated foreigners in the world to compete against our sons and daughters. And it will, in time, create an overlord class because you're going to be importing foreigners that are, as I said, highly skilled and educated that will take over these, um, you know, these tech industries even more so than they are now. And oh, by the way, they will vote Democrat. If you think that these, uh, these million plus highly educated and skilled immigrants that Jared Kushner is talking about letting into the country are ever going to be Republican constituencies, you need only look at California where these type people are settling right now. They will continue to advance this, uh, this censorship and suppression of political views they disagree with, just the same as Sanjay Pasai over there at Google is doing. And, uh, you know, I've, all, I've, I've called and other immigra- immigration patriots have called for a moratorium. We have imported the largest number of immigrants in the history of the world over the last 30 years since the implementation of John Kennedy's or uh, Ted Kennedy's 1965 Immigration Reform Act. 
And it's time that we had a pause, the same as we did after the last great wave of immigration in the 1920s, to give us time to assimilate those immigrants that we've already absorbed. There are no, by the way, uh, provisions including, included in Kushner's bill to secure the southern border or finish the wall or to reform our disastrous asylum laws. The only other uh, restriction is that they're going to do away with the so-called visa lottery, which is so absurd and uh, insane on its face that, uh, of course, it ought to be done away with, and there's no defending that that provision that, oh, by the way, has brought uh, terrorists into our country. But... Um, I've got a clip here for you. This is uh, just a brief outline of these provisions contained in this uh, this immigration plan that Jared Kushner has put together. One hopes that uh, Stephen Miller had some input into this and that there's more to the plan than we've heard so far because certainly uh, this is nothing uh, for immigration patriots to get excited about a merit-based point system for visas that would include a civics test and factor in age, ability to speak English, job offers, and education and skill levels. The White House says the new proposal draws from immigration systems in Australia, New Zealand, and Canada. But the plan doesn't address the massive influx of migrants at the southern border or other key concerns from lawmakers. There is no solution for dreamers, the undocumented immigrants brought to the U.S. as children and shielded from deportation under DACA. There's no mention of family separations at the border. And it doesn't address low-skilled immigration or what will happen to the estimated 11 million undocumented immigrants currently living in the United States. So it doesn't address the 11 million. That's the official number. It's been 11 million um, since I can remember, over 20 years at least. The actual number is probably north of 20 million, uh, maybe even north of 25 million illegal immigrants living in the United States. It doesn't discuss this plan, what to do with them. It doesn't call for E-Verify to make sure that employers just to continue to hire that huge pool of illegal immigration. It doesn't secure the southern border. It doesn't deal with the DACA recipients. All it is is a giant sop to the establishment. Probably Kushner's thinking, well, we, we're going to need big money and uh, we, we can't lose out on this immigration issue to the Democrats or we'll lose and this is the same kind of political calculation that's landed us in the mess that we're in now. And Kushner's plan just appears so far, and I, as I said, I'll withhold judgment until I, uh, final judgment until I hear from the president this afternoon, as more of the same. Hey, have you, uh, have you gone on to the website mojo50.com and registered to win this Smith and, Smith and Wesson 380 given, being given away by Tar River Arms? If you haven't, you need to go over there and do it. You can go directly to the register to win site, mojo50.com slash register to win and get your name in the hat. It's a, a compact 380, perfect for concealed carry. It carries seven rounds, six in the clip and one in the chamber. Got a polymer body and a stainless steel slide that's blued. 
and a built-in laser sight. You cannot ask for a more perfect personal protection weapon for concealed carry than this gun. Go over to mojo50.com slash register to win. The, uh, the registration period goes on till the end of the month. You do not want to miss out on this. Well, let's talk about these China uh, tariffs that have the globalists so in a frenzy. Donald Trump came to office promising to reform these disastrous trade deals that have resulted in trillions of dollars of lost prosperity to the American economy. And he is uh, being true to his word, and he's playing hardball. And the the, uh, Democrats and the globalists, and most certainly China, did not expect this and do not know how to react. They're used to one administration after, after another talking tough, but when it comes down to actually playing hardball, they always caved to the pressures being brought by the globalists. And Donald Trump has not done that, and he announced, as you know, last week that he is going to be reimposing 25% tariffs on $200 billion worth of Chinese imports now And if they do not come to the table, he's going to expand that 25% tariff to include all Chinese imports, which would be a total of $600 billion. So he's he's imposed $200 billion worth of tariffs. He's going to impose 25% tariffs on an additional $400 billion of imports. And we're led to believe that this is going to be a catastrophe for the American consumer. Because apparently they, these globalists that are making these arguments and they're cynical arguments, they're not designed to reflect reality. They're designed to keep these, uh, these cheap inflows of goods coming. But we're supposed to believe that to other uh, exporting nations won't fill that void and that China will not be hurt by this. The truth is the American consumer is not going to pay this 25% tariff on Chinese goods. Either China will absorb it or they will lose their markets to other foreign competition. And and maybe even, we can only hope, some domestic competition. If you've been to the Walmart or the Lowe's lately, you'll see that one of the last big ticket items that American manufacturers uh, had a advantage in, and that was large appliances, washers, dryers, refrigerators and ranges, all of those American brands, General Electric, Frigidaire, have been displaced now by LG and Samsung. So I support these tariffs on China, but we've got a lot lot more work to do to bring the the manufacture of these big-ticket items back to the United States. But if you listen to the, the... talking heads and the think tank ginned up bogus arguments you'll believe that uh, oh this is a tax on the american consumer and china's not going to pay this you'll note that no matter which way these tariffs go if china um, puts tariffs on american products then that hurts america if the United States puts tariffs on China's products, that hurts America. They want to they have it both ways. 
But the truth of the matter is, we ought not to be trading with a communist Chinese dictatorship to begin with. If anybody had advocated for the United States to give most favored nation trading status to the Soviet Union during the Cold War, they would have rightly been called traitors. But this is the old frog in the pot uh, axiom where they, they began this slowly and built it up to the point now where we're losing about $500 billion a year in just the trade deficit, not, to, not including the hundreds of billions of dollars, maybe approaching a, a trillion dollars every year in lost intellectual property value to the Chinese communists. I've got a clip for you here. This is Newt Gingrich talking about this so-called trade war. I wouldn't call it a trade war. The truth of the matter is we hold all the cards in this uh, relationship with China because they protect their markets. We are able to export into China just a very small amount, under $100 billion. I'll let Newt explain it to you. No, I I think the Chinese are caught in a real box uh, because, frankly, even if you think Trump's not going to get reelected, and I think that if I personally think he's going to get reelected, but even if you, th- I should have set this up better. Maria asked Newt if um, if he thinks that China is just going to try to wait Trump out and wait for another pliable Democrat like Joe Biden to win the presidency in 2020, so they can get back to business of um, of basically uh, ripping off the United States. No, I, I think the Chinese are caught in a real box uh, because, frankly, even if you think Trump's not going to get reelected, and I think that I personally think he's going to get reelected, but even if you thought he wasn't, you're talking about January of 2021. Well, their economy is not going to take the battering that Trump can deliver if they refuse to negotiate. Remember, the biggest customer has a huge advantage in negotiations because the other side needs the sale. We don't need the sale. The Chinese do. And the basic argument that Trump makes, which I agree with, is that we've had a very one-sided relationship. They've used intellectual property theft. They've taken enormous advantage. They have a closed market. They don't allow many of our high-tech companies to compete. Uh, They subsidize in many ways. Uh, And so the Chinese are faced with with a real crisis because we're telling them we're going to change the rules of the game that have grotesquely favored you. And they're saying, we don't want to change the rules of the game. We like the fact they favor us. Uh, and that's what the core of this argument is. It's not anything complicated. Uh, the details are complex, but the core principle is simple. Uh, China got to be this big and this wealthy because all the rules of the game favored them and we tolerated behavior that's intolerable. Right. Well, now you've got a president who's saying enough. And why did we tolerate this behavior for so long? Because the communist China, Chinese interests, and the interests of the globalist bankers on Wall Street align to the detriment of the nation and to the detriment of working people. Donald Trump was elected because of this very issue, that and immigration, that have so devastated middle America and suck the prosperity out of all of these small towns and cities between the coasts. And I'm glad to see him playing hardball. I only hope that he uh, he doesn't listen to Jared Kushner 
and start uh, start caving on these, uh, convinced that uh, it might cost his reelection. But um, we're going to uh, try to schedule Michael Stumo of the Coalition for a Prosperous America to come on and, and talk about these fallacies that are being forwarded by the huge network of interlocking think tanks that are doing the business fully funded by the Wall Street globalists. If you listen to them, there's nothing the United States can do to protect its markets. We are just in this globalist regime where we have to chase cheap labor all over the world and uh, and you just have to live with it. And this is coming on the heels of what is expected to be a mass movement of automation, robots taking American workers' jobs. And if we can't reform these ridiculous trade agreements now when the United States economy is leading the world, then uh, then the American middle class truly will be wiped out when they get the one-two punch of cheap foreign imports at the same time we're losing what little manufacturing base we have left in this country to automation. So we've got these uh, these continued escalations of conflict with Iran, and uh, the president has sent a carrier battle group to the Persian Gulf to patrol the Straits of Hormuz. If you're not familiar with the geography, the Persian Gulf is where a huge amount of oil exports comes out of the Middle East and coming out of the Persian Gulf you have to transit a place called the Straits of Hormuz which on one side is Iran and the other side is Iraq and American um, well all uh, naval traffic that goes in and out of the Persian Gulf has to go right under range of the Iranian uh, uh, missiles and fast attack boats. I myself spent a uh, major portion of my youth patrolling the Straits of Hormuz, pointing guns at the Iranians and their their Russian sponsors at the time. So he sent a carrier battle group over there. That is going to escalate tensions similar to what uh, was the case in the early 1980s. And he's also deployed a squadron of B-52s. They're saying that the intention is that if the Iranians attack, that they will not be retaliated against at the point of contact, that they will be retaliated against at the point of origin of the contact. In other words... If Iran sends some of its fast attack boats out to harass any of the uh, naval surface combatants, Trump will uh, deploy those B-52s and wipe the the port where those fast attack boats originated off the off the off the map. That's exactly how you uh, project foreign power. You make it, uh, you don't just cost them a fast attack boat, you you cost them a naval base where that uh, fast attack boat originated. 
that would most certainly lead to a massive escalation in tensions and probably result in uh, an escalation of the terror campaign that is a go-to weapon of the Iranian mullahs. What they've done so far is tried to keep their fingerprints from being on any of this. They've uh, they've sent commandos and uh, and saboteurs out to uh, blow holes in the side of Saudi oil tankers and used uh, untraceable drones for other terrorist attacks in the in the area. We do not need to engage in another conflict with Iran. The truth of the matter is these economic sanctions are working just fine. I think that the carrier uh, battle group ought to be stationed outside of the Persian Gulf to rattle uh, the Iranians without giving them an opportunity uh, to attack, because if they do, and and, uh, they certainly will be tempted to do so, then we would have no other choice but then a massive, massive retaliation. We're also on a collision course with North Korea because uh, Donald Trump rightly walked away from the table because uh, little Kim Jong-un, the rocket man, fell back on his, uh, his family's previous strategies of bait and switch, promise reforms and, uh, and to uh, dismantle the nuclear, their nuclear programs in exchange for concessions. And as soon as they get those concessions, they just renege on the deal. Trump said, we're not playing that game anymore. You have verifiable dis, uh, 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 dismantling of your nuclear program, and if and when that happens, then we'll relieve these sanctions. And he walked away from the so-called summit in Saigon because of that. And now, little rocket man, is, is he's not launching intercontinental ballistic missiles, but he's, uh, he's trying to rattle the Sabre by launching um, short-range sort of uh, rudimentary cruise missiles off of the North Korean coast. And they're trying to pretend that this is um, an early iteration of these uh, Russian hypersonic cruise missiles that are designed to thwart America's uh, supremacy in anti-ballistic missiles. I don't know if there's any truth of this, but these launches from the North Korean coast began shortly after little Kim met with Vladimir Putin in Moscow. I find it hard to believe that Russia would let the technology behind these hypersonic missiles, if in fact it does exist, and we don't know that for a fact. We know that uh, Vladimir Putin put together a presentation showing um, the capability of these things. And by the way, on that presentation, the east coast of Florida, very close to Donald Trump's um, properties in Palm Beach, were the ultimate destination. I think it might be a bluff, and I'm even more convinced that these these uh, cruise missiles that were that little Kim launched are a bluff as well. But uh, we're we're on yet another collision course 
with North Korea and their nuclear program. And this is why it's so important that America negotiate from strength. Because little Kim needs to realize that if he miscalculates and pushes the United States too far, then a military response is always a possibility. The other big hotspot on the globe, obviously, is Venezuela, where China and Russia are trying to get a foothold into the Western Hemisphere and stake a claim to the huge oil reserves that uh, that Venezuela holds. They hold the largest oil reserves of any nation in the country. So, you know, used to be when you thought about huge deposits of oil reserves, you thought of Saudi Arabia, maybe Iraq. The truth of the matter is Venezuela right here in South America is sitting on the largest deposits. The only problem with their deposits is they're not sweet crude. They're made of what's called molasses crude, which is so thick and difficult to refine that the Venezuelans have not been able to figure out how to do it. They used to do it by blending Venezuelan crude with Iranian crude. But uh, we've got such strict sanctions against both Iran and Venezuela now that uh, shipping companies won't even take Iranian crude over to Venezuela to have it processed because uh, out of fear of having their ships seized. But the Venezuelan economy is flat on its back. We've got the specter now of huge waves of migrants leaving Venezuela, and it wouldn't be much more difficult for, for Venezuelan migrants to transit through Mexico and show up at our southern border as it is for these, uh, these huge numbers that are coming out of Honduras and Guatemala and El Salvador. So we got to get serious about solving that crisis. First and foremost, we need to keep China and Russia from interfering in affairs in the Western civilization, reestablish the Monroe Doctrine, and, uh, and look for the Venezuelan people to take back control of their future from the socialist dictatorship of Maduro. Well, that's all for today's show. Tune in tomorrow. We're, we'll have more on these uh, China trade tariffs. We're going to try to get Michael Stumo on, and we'll take a look at the president's remarks on his new immigration plan. Right here on the Mojo Five O Radio Network and right now with Jim Dawes. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwans.com backslash yum for details. This episode is sponsored by schwans.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwans.com backslash yum for details.